enough jibba jabba. <laughs> Let's do that hockey pod. And the home of the brave. Welcome to episode 115 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey, in sneakers. And once again, we are back here talking to you about hockey of a spheroid nature. And I think I'll just jump right into the starting lineup so you know who is doing that hockey at you. And so uh, for tonight's starting lineup, without further ado, in goal as ever, I am number 35, your American rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my industrious co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. Hey, pal. How you doing? Doing pretty well. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing okay. It's hot in my apartment. I I hate that I keep talking about the weather on these podcasts because I feel like a hack, but it really is unseasonably warm here in in the place where I live, and that's uh, it's caught me by surprise once more because I have hockey on the television as we speak. Well, it's in commercial as we speak between periods, but I have (laughs) hockey on the television as we speak, and this is not hockey weather. My friend, I'm watching hockey. I expect it to be cold, but it's not. It's warm. Yeah, it's more deck hockey weather than it is NHL style weather. Curse you, meteorology. It's weird. Yeah, I keep reminding myself that it's October, too, because I keep thinking, oh, it's late August or it's September. Uh (laughs) The weather, yeah, it's really weird how it's been so darn humid and warm in New York for the last few months. But hopefully... When the weather does change, I don't want to be whining that it's too cold and and blizzard-like or whatever coming forward. As the Game of Thrones meme tells us, winter is coming. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... But yeah, the, the humidity we could do without. If it's warm, whatever, you know, that, that happens every so often. But Indian summer, whatever they refer to it as. Indeed. Uh, if I, yeah, if I offended anybody, then that was unintentional. But, you know, two minutes in, way to go. I mean, anyhow, that's what they call it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. they don't People call it Native American anything. summer. <laughs> it's, I don't know. People get offended by anything now. So, How have you been otherwise, James? Well, very excited that hockey's back, quite frankly, and um, I wouldn't mind you sharing an exciting weekend that you had. Did I? Very- oh, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And you were with me. Wow. Yes. Wow. That was, I wasn't playing dumb. That was genuine. It took me a little while to remember what happened this weekend. Yes. All right. So I will talk about it just because, you know, it's it's a perfect excuse to brag. So this weekend, this past weekend, as we speak, was, well... You listener, if you have listened to any number of recent or long-term Hit the Deck episodes, then you probably know that James and I are both rabid Mets fans. And uh, so if you know anything about the Mets, then you probably know that this past weekend was David Wright's last game. David Wright being the longtime captain of the New York Mets, the heart and soul of the team for many, many years. He has been injured for the last two and a half years, and uh, he has been unable to come back, though he has been valiantly trying to do so. And he finally came to terms with the fact that he would never again be a credible Major League Baseball player. So he worked out a deal with the team wherein he would be activated for a handful of games right at the end and get one final start at third base to be able to play so his daughters could see him play in a major league game so with all that being the case once they announced the game that he was going to be starting for the final time tickets first prices shot stratospherically high I was told that they sold 3,000 standing room only tickets for this game and that those tickets were a hundred dollars So you can imagine how much it costs to get a seat for the game. I can only imagine because James and I already had tickets for this game. And I I know it sounds like I'm bragging, but I'm coming to a point. The reason we had tickets for this game is because my delightful daughter, 
who is uh, going to be eight next week. My mm-hmm. delightful daughter, she was dancing on the field before the game. She and her dance school participated in cheer and dance night at City Field. So with the biggest game of the year, the, the most significant game for the Mets in a very long time, my daughter got to dance on the field prior to the game and i and my family and james were lucky enough to already have tickets for that event and it turned into the the david wright night and it was just an incredibly emotional incredibly wonderful experience for myself and my daughter yeah it was a thrill watching you too because you were so excited and and deservedly so and reason being but yeah it was just really surreal because when you look back on this in a few years it's going to be hard to realize that was the same night. <laughs> mm-hmm. Two really significant things happening. And it was fireworks night, too. But uh, the American Rhino, you're just too darn humble. And, and your lovely wife and your parents were there and your sister to enjoy and uh, mother-in-law. So it was really wonderful to be a part of that and to see that and, and share that with you. And thank you for getting the ticket, which, gosh, I think it was in the summertime. It was really months ago. It's probably August yeah. that, that we got the tickets that, that and, this thing became a thing and yeah lo and behold like you said very well said that it was a very significant game and and it just all came to a, an amazing point and uh, thank you for for sharing that and, and and getting us in there to see it and what a thrill really what a thrill between your wonderful daughter and seeing her dance on the field and being the first team out there too and the last off the field as well, and then David Wright. So really spectacular. And they got the victory, too, in extra innings, which was It took them long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, next time you predict extra innings, please don't say 14. Sorry, it wound up being 13, so I was was short one, fortunately. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do my best. But uh, I actually wound up being there twice in one day because we walked, as we walked out of the stadium after the fireworks, it was midnight, and I had tickets for the Sunday game as well, which wound up being what will probably be Jose Reyes's last game as a Met as well. So then possibly his last game as a major league baseball player. So that was kind of significant as well, if you know the history of the Mets. But this is not a baseball and certainly not a Mets podcast, so I won't go too much into that. But yeah, I did have a bit of an eventful weekend. And uh, <laughs> neither here nor there, but I actually, the tickets that my wife had purchased much earlier in the year for Sunday's game, completely at random, just on the internet, you know, on the Mets website, we wound up sitting next to people from my youth group that I know very well. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was completely random. It's a crazy thing. But, uh, you know, that's life. And you did play deck hockey that Saturday, too, before the Met game, by the way. Oh, you're right. I did. Wow. It really has been. So I didn't mention this on the podcast last week, but two weeks ago when I played deck hockey, I told you about this, James, but so I played a period in goal and it was fine. It was a very competitive period, no score. And so I I go to change ends and I get to the other end and I take off my mask and the cage just flops open <laughs> like uh, like it was supposed to. And and I thought that very odd indeed, because that's never happened to me before. Turns out somehow the screws came loose and I probably played that whole first period with my cage just unsecured. And it was just, you know, luck or, or guardian angel or both that was protecting me during play. So uh, I, I got replacement screws. I, I fixed it. And this weekend I was able to, I was able to, I'm... I'm sorry. I'm getting distracted by Gritty. Gritty is on my television. Why is Gritty on my television? He's he's now like twerking with the Philly Fanatic or something. I don't know what is happening. Why, Gritty? Why are you Gritty? Why? What is happening? What is happening on my television? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. The, there's something up there that says nightmare fuel with Gritty's face on it. I wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. Anyway, sorry, I allowed myself to be distracted by the soul-eating gritty monster. But um, where was I? I was talking about something, hockey. I was talking Your about mask. hockey. Yes. Yeah, so my yeah. mask is, is, is now repaired, and I am once again back in the goal at full capacity. Well, as, as full as, as I can be at this point in my life. But um, yes, so, so mask repaired, crisis averted, 
and uh, your American rhino's moneymaker is safe and secure once more. Thank God. That is scary, man. That is really scary. Is it something that every goalie should be aware of? Because um, as you were saying, and, and I obviously didn't think this either, that you didn't even think that was possible, that yeah. the mask could come off like that. I mean, like, the cage. I hold, when I move my mask around, I usually grab it by the cage. So it's surprising to me that it didn't pop off just before I got net, but I mm. must have grabbed the cage, like put my fingers through the cage and grabbed the actual you know, meat of the mask as well when I when I did move it that day. So to answer your question, James, I, I this is not something that would ever have occurred to me prior to that incident. But yes, I suppose if you are a goalie out there, it would behoove you to make sure that all of your screws are intact before you put on your mask. Just give it a cursory once over before you slap it on. Yeah, I mean, that's an awfully important part of equipment. So definitely do a little uh, pregame check and make sure you're safe and secure out there. You're not wrong. And before we proceed, I just want to thank everybody who responded to our request from last week's show to provide us with your predictions for the upcoming NHL season. We had some very thought out and uh, very carefully reasoned responses. Frankly, much, much better thought out than any of ours that we put out there on the show. So we want to thank everybody who contributed to that. And if you want to hear some actual intelligent analysis of the upcoming NHL season, instead of just what comes out of our mouth holes, you can uh, head over to our Facebook page and you can check out the upcoming predictions from, from several of our hit the deck faithful fans and loyal listeners, which, uh, you know, really are, 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 too good to grace this dumb podcast yeah it's very humbling i mean it's it's so kind of them to listen because uh, they're really taking a step down so thank you yeah so if you want some actual intelligent analysis of the season go go to our facebook page if you want some dumb stuff that's tangentially related to hockey in some way you can keep listening to us (laughs) that's that's our wheelhouse there's a perfect segue to the on deck right there. Yeah, I thought so. So that being the case, James, could I trouble you? Could could I impose upon you to please tell us what is on deck for this podcast? No imposition at all, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you. Gearbag, the brand new NHL season is underway. Let's dip into the HTD gear bag and check out the new alternate jerseys you can wear supporting your favorite team. Okay, only about half of the teams have third jerseys this year, but we can all still look. Portable NHL. Can't make it home in time to watch the game? No problem. Goofy has you covered. And Rings of Honor. It happens every 13 years. Lord Stanley needs to make room for new champions. But in doing so, some of the greatest names and teams have to move from the Cup to the Hall of Fame. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. Granted, there's not a whole lot of ball hockey in this particular on deck, but uh, given that it is the start of the new NHL season, I guess that's to be expected. You know, we are a hockey podcast, so even though our focus is on ball hockey, the ice disc hockey (laughs) that they play in the pros is also important to us. So, you know, it is worth mentioning, especially at this very special time of year. So... You know, if that's not your bag, I guess come back next week. But we hope you'll you'll uh, hang out with us for the remainder of this podcast because we do have some very interesting hockey-related topics to talk to you about. Yeah, uh, one of the cool things about hockey and the NHL are their jerseys. And uh, a few years ago, they came up well, after the strike, or the third one in, in the mid-2000s, that uh, they redid the style of the jersey itself. So it wasn't as baggy as it was in the past because in the 90s there and into the early 2000s, jerseys got really very baggy and more so than in the past. So the NHL wanted to streamline them and uh, even keep some cheating out of the game because there were some goalies, Philadelphia Flyers, that would wear really, really huge jerseys and uh, use them as an extra way to stop the puck from going in the net. So also with the technology now, with these wicking abilities of of these uh, uniforms and and shirts and things like Under Armour and so on and so forth, these new hockey jerseys are really state of the art. And the graphics are awesome and and they're comfortable. 
and they look cool and you can wear them anywhere. So the other thing is that not only do they do their traditional home and away jerseys, but they do the third jerseys. And since Adidas took over the last couple of years, they were kind of, um, they put the third jersey on hold a little bit. But now at least 15 teams have brand new alternate jerseys this year. And they're really, some of them are better than others, but the efforts are there, the thoughts are there. And Gary and I will just go over some of them. And if your favorite team is involved, you probably know about it already. If not, go check them out. And they're worth at least putting on your Christmas list come Christmas time. You know, I will say this isn't entirely unrelated to ball hockey because one of the things that I do like about ball hockey is there are so many different leagues and all these different leagues, the teams do have often very creative jerseys and very cool looking jerseys. So the idea of having these cool kind of uh, colorful or, you know, just crazy looking third jerseys for NHL teams is, you know, not completely off base for us. Yeah, and for example, leading things off, we'll go with the Ducks. And oh, uh, oh, I like this one. This, I think, I James, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast. You're not gonna. I, I know you won't have nearly the affinity for this as as I will, and some of our listeners will. But this may be my favorite out of all of them. Well, actually, it may surprise you because, as you said, with the 25th anniversary of the Anaheim Ducks, I can't believe it. But uh, I really like this jersey a lot. To, to be quite honest with you, the colors are, it, it's the, it's the original style Jersey that they debuted with and they made it their alternate Jersey and could really see the, the differences between the streamlined modern Jersey versus the baggier jerseys of years past. And Gary, take it away, man. They really did a great job with this third Jersey. It is a return to the time when the ducks were mighty. It is, uh, <laughs> It, it, it is. It is the Mighty Ducks logo. It is, uh, you know, the, the kind of duck bill goalie mask with the crossed hockey sticks and the triangle. And it's, you know, uh, it's actually one of the inspirations for our very own Liquidators jersey, if I'm not much mistaken. Brad, you can back me up on that, but I believe that is the case. That's neither here nor there in this case, though. It looks like a black jersey primarily. I mean, it could just be the picture that I'm looking at that's a little dark, but it looks to me like it's primarily a black jersey with kind of teal highlights on the shoulder boards and at the hem and some like white stripes and off-white stripes. So it's not exactly the original jersey, but it is close enough for government work, and I like it a lot. Yeah, and to uh, keep it modern, too, on the shoulders, they have the, the, the modern-day duck uh, logo, which looks like the... Uh, like an arrow the web, Yeah, the, exactly, the web foot of, of a duck mm-hmm. that's in the shape of a D. So, yeah, I think oh, it should yeah, make everybody... Uh, I never noticed that that was a web duck foot. Wow. <laughs> wow. Jeez. I'm some hockey fan. That's awesome. Thank you, James. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're, you're so artistic. I'm. I guess uh, well, you're always thinking outside of the box, maybe. But yeah, the uh, really well done. And and if you're a Ducks fan or if you just collect jerseys, this is definitely one to pick up. Both my wife and my family will be very happy to tell you that I'm not very observant. <laughs> you could have fooled me. Yeah. Well, there. Uh, <laughs> it it has been something of a hallmark of my my life that uh, I have been accused of being very, very unobservant. <laughs> well, then let's stick with the ones that we really like. So growing up, I admired Theo Fleury very much, and I still do. So being surrounded by Ranger fans and Islander fans here in New York, and even a few Devils fans, that uh, I wanted to stand out a little bit when I was first learning how to play hockey. So I bought a Calgary Flames jersey, believe it or not, and it was an homage of Theo Fleury. So I loved that old style red, like the fire engine red and, and the, the gold and white. So the Calgary Flames, which they have reintroduced this in past years as a third jersey, went back just like the Ducks did to their original style Calgary Flames jerseys with the with the flaming sea and white and trimmed in orange and the red solid body and the stripes. So I, I love it. I really think it's a great looking jersey and it really looks cool with the new style streamlined design. James, this is going to mark me as a very poor hockey fan indeed. But I have to ask you, what, what do they normally look like? I, I, I looked at the Calgary Flames jersey and I'm like, what's different? 
I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, they're, they're, they're a Western Conference team. We don't see them very often as Ranger fans. So I don't like think about them that much. So what, what, this is the, like the logo and the jersey type that I'm familiar with. What, what do they normally look like? Yeah, they, uh, they, they've done some updates to the uniforms. And so, yeah, they've even gone to, which I think they ditched, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that too, being here in New York. But uh, they had a, a black jersey and um, it looked, and the C was in black and it looked like it was burnt out. And I didn't really dig that at all. But they've had uh, modern interpretations of the logo and, and things. So uh, it's still, I think they've gone back to the, the red and gold and white traditional colors especially watching highlights of uh, Johnny Hockey and stuff like that. But uh, it, it, this is the retro look. So that's what they've kind of abandoned a little bit. But the third jersey is strictly basically the modern version jersey with the old style logo and uh, stripe scheme. All right. All right. That's fine. Thank you. Yep. Now maybe we should go to Carolina and uh, they have two alternate jerseys ladies and gentlemen carolina is very greedy this year very greedy indeed now the black one i think i've seen this in in alternate jerseys pasts for the hurricane so if i'm wrong i apologize but it's the i know from well from van halen album diver down but um i, I think it's the the flag that says there's a storm or something or maybe even a hurricane with the the black square in the middle of a red flag oh is that what that is okay i yeah, I believe that's what that is. And uh, so they have two of those on the hockey stick. Yeah, this is what uh, I don't get. Black... Why are there two? Is that How is that significant? What, what's the significance of that? Yeah, I, you know, we're right here by Long Island. I should know more about uh, maritime information and things of that nature. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a city boy. So uh, I don't know exactly. Maybe I should look that up and get back to you on that. But no, anyway, okay. that's what, I, yeah. with, you know, absent that information, I, I, I have to admit of the two that that one doesn't really do much for me. But, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. But uh, at least one member of the LIQ is going to be very excited by this. Oh, yes. Because yes, he's already sporting the Whalers jersey. But, yeah, the uh, Hurricanes are unveiling the third jersey of the Hartford Whalers and uh, with the green body and the blue and white trim and, and that awesome logo with the H in the middle of the whale's tail and the W, which I just, I love that. I love creativity like that, as we were saying with the Ducks with that D. But this is just really cool. It's, it's one of those vintage jerseys when you think NHL, you think of the Hartford Whalers, at least I do. And fans still buy these jerseys and they have such a, I don't know, they, they're they're typical NHL, and I mean that in the best possible way. And just well done for the Hurricanes to uh, tap their sticks to their heritage and history and bringing these beautiful jerseys back. Yeah, I, I definitely get it, the fact that the Hurricanes were the Whalers at one point. But honestly, like, I don't really get using this. If this was like, a, you know, just a single game, you know, like they have sometimes where like the outdoor games say where they decide to use the the very old throwback jerseys, you know, that would be fine. But for for an alternate jersey for the whole season, I just I don't I mean, obviously not. They won't be wearing it every game, but I don't like they're not the Whalers. I mean, you know, it's I. I would have expected if they were going to do something like this that they would have modified the logo in some way to be more evocative of if not the you know the the actual Carolina Hurricanes logo but just to kind of you know instead of just using the HW whale tail you know put like a C in there somewhere or or you know and or do something change it up somehow to make it you know, still evocative of the Whalers, but more specific to the Hurricanes. Because, I mean, you're just wearing another franchise's jersey at this point. It's like, I don't know. I mean, I know it's not exactly the same thing, because I know, you know, they they share DNA. But, like, it's, it's I don't know. It's like if the, mm, I don't know. It's just, it's weird to me. I can't even think of a viable, really comparable example. But, I just like, you know, if nothing else, it feels like it's it's rubbing salt in the wound. You know, <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, look what you don't have anymore. We killed your franchise. We killed your franchise. Like wearing the corpse of your enemy <laughs> or your oh, uh, not your enemy, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, I hear you. It's 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 uh, I don't know. 
Well, how about this? And you're not wrong, but I think the Colorado Avalanche may have done what you had in mind in a better way to tie in histories and maybe even a little bit different because there was the Rockies hockey team. So the Colorado Avalanche for their third jersey this year, they have the replica of the original Colorado Rockies, not the baseball team, but the hockey team Mm. that was there for a little while. And it's a triangle with the sea and a puck in the middle of the sea. And uh, in that triangle, of course, a silhouette of Rockies mountains. But American Rhino, what they did do is incorporate the avalanche colors into it. Yeah. Yeah. See that, that, that would have been like for the, just to backtrack, if they had done the Hartford Whalers logo in the hurricanes colors, or vice versa, then, you know, that I could definitely get behind. That would seem more appropriate to me. It, it, this, this just seems like, I don't know, weird. But yes, I, I, like, <laughs> I like what you're, what you're throwing out there, James. I like what you, they're putting down in Colorado. Okay, now here's going to be, this is a tough one for us because we're Rangers fans, but definitely this is for superfan Sue and all of her devil's brethren. Well, just before we move on, and, oh, and sure. I, I, you know, definitely we'll talk about that, but I just one more note on the Colorado thing is uh, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, although my sister is and, you know, my wife likes it. But to me, the, the Colorado Rockies themed avalanche jersey the logo on it is very reminiscent of the deathly hollows which is uh, a thing from harry potter they're like the most powerful artifacts in the wizarding world or something and they have like this triangle circle thing that's that that's the logo for kind of the symbol for the deathly hallows so so it, it's very evocative of that to me okay <laughs> so if if you're a harry potter fan yeah. And you want an NHL jersey, then this might be the one to go for. That's what I'm saying. Proceeds go to hit the deck. I don't know what that Venn diagram looks like <laughs> for the, the overlap of those two fan bases. But, um, you know, it, it, I'm sure it exists. So, t- you know, look into that. All right. Well, there's a great tip for you. I mean, if you can't get a Slytherin jersey... <laughs> as I once tried to get for my sister, but they unfortunately didn't wind up making them. But uh, if you can't get a Slytherin jersey, this might be the next best thing. And speaking of pure evil. Very good. Yeah, the New Jersey Devils, I, I think they've done what you were thinking of as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they are the New Jersey Devils, but they went back to their originals 80 style jerseys of the, uh, the quote unquote Christmas style, the red, white, and green. So their new third Jersey is going to look like their original jerseys when they first came into being the New Jersey devils. And, uh, they, it looks fantastic. And, and I think it would make any devils fan very happy and, uh, any NHL fan kind of say, yeah, that, that looks right. This is of course the, um, well, I guess at the time it would have been the home jerseys, right? Not the away yes. jerseys because right. during that period they had flip-flopped what was home and what was away. The white ones, whites were home and the, the colors were away. But um, I, personally for me, I mean, I, I hate the Devils as I've mentioned even as recently as last week on this podcast. But frankly, I've always kind of had a, a soft spot for that color Christmas tree jersey. The, the Just the like the red and green one with maybe accents of white. And th- this isn't that. This is the reverse. So I dig where they're coming from to a degree. You know, I, I dig the, the throwback quality of it. But I, I wish they would have had the other, you know, the like the, the home in the modern uh, context, the home version of that. Gotcha. Fair enough. And going across town, the New York Islanders have a brand new third jersey. And I really like this one a lot. I mean, I, I love orange and blue. You know, Gary mentioned that we're such big Mets fans at the top of the podcast. What the heck you say? Yeah. Uh, so being a Ranger fan, I, this is, uh, I don't know if I have to give my Ranger card in to admit that, but I apologize to the Ranger fans out there. But for the Islander fans, they're, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I loved their 72, 73, I think that was their first season, those those jerseys, speaking of home and away, it was the solid blue with the orange numbers with white trim around them, and they've gone back to that. Uh, the reason why they had to change that was at the time on TV, 
they claimed that you couldn't see the numbers clearly because of black and white TV and smaller TV. So mm. modern day, that's not a problem anymore. So the, uh, the Islanders fixed that with this beautiful third jersey. They had the NY, their traditional NY from their traditional logo, uh, changed that a little bit where the Y is a little bit bigger now and the hockey stick has the four hashtags, where or the, the four lines, I should say, where the tape would go to pay homage to their four Stanley Cups in a row. And uh, so it's just the NY white with the orange stripes on it with the blue background and uh, the, the color scheme of the numbers and names that would look, really look nice with the white shoulders on top. So I think the Islanders did a really great job with their third jerseys. I will say I like it a lot better than what they did last year, which is just basically a black jersey with the same logo in white which uh, to me kind of looked like they were just trying to be the Nets. Right. You know, because they both play at the Barclays Center, or at least they have both played at the Barclays Center. That is going to change to a degree this season. And and after this season, you know, will change entirely. But uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't care for that really at all. And I think this is a much better looking jersey. Yeah, I totally agreed. Now, a team that pulled off black very nicely are the San Jose Sharks. And their new third jersey looks, I think, gorgeous. It's such a cool-looking jersey. Again, I can't believe that this team came around in 1991. I remember it like it was yesterday. But this third jersey, it's it's all black with uh, the traditional – is that teal, that 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 light blue aquamarine? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's gorgeous. And uh, has that, that, that really menacing shark jumping out of that triangle and biting the stick in half and with blue trim on the, on the arms and the neck and uh, really gorgeous looking jersey. So if you're not a Sharks fan or whatever, I mean, you could wear this at like a club or something. It looks so good. So uh, definitely check that one out. Yeah, that one is sharp. I mean, it's a little too slick for me for an NHL jersey. I, I'm of two minds on it, honestly. I'm, I'm a little torn because in the one hand, it does look very sleek and trendy. I mean, not that I'm Mr. Fashion Plate and know anything about what's trendy, but that's just the kind of instinctual impression I get that it's supposed to look slick. But on the other hand, it does actually look slick. <laughs> you know, So <laughs> even though I'm a little on the fence about whether it's a good NHL jersey, I do think it's a cool-looking jersey. Yeah, and, and along the lines of tradition, the uh, St. Louis Blues and the Washington Capitals, as well as the Arizona Coyotes, have all gone back to their original style jerseys, too, for their third jerseys. So I wasn't a big fan of the original looking uh, when they were the Phoenix Coyotes. had had a coyote with half a goalie mask and uh, I don't know what was going on on the left side and one of his ears sticking out and crazy looking Native American patterns and yeah, red I think and green and like <laughs> so. The I don't want to offend anybody here by butchering this with my only kind of very, very, very loose understanding. But I think in some Native American traditions, there's like a kind of coyote trickster god, ah. and so that's probably what they were trying to depict in in, in to some degree. So yeah. I, I think I think that's what it was trying to evoke. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, so you know, go check these out yourselves. Uh, you could go to NHL.com or the NHL Store in New York or your local online wherever because there's no really brick and mortar anymore. The next time you go to the arena, maybe you could check them out too. But yeah, really well done for the NHL. I, I thought they uh, really put their heart and soul into it, and they have little cool things in like in the neckline where they'll have uh, team names and logos and sayings and stuff like that. So it's really, it's really very cool and, and well done. So I, I really like the alternate jerseys this year. It is two, two final points with that. Apparently the sharks Jersey they're referring to as their stealth Jersey, ah. which I can, I can totally see given the uh, you know, the way it is put together you know, I can see that that's what they're going for. Very dark colors and, and, Man, this is going to sound stupid. It reminds me very heavily of something. I think it's a video game, but I can't for the life of me remember what it reminds me of. So if you can, uh, I don't know, it looks like some kind of neon or, or um, you know, like kind of that blue glow, that like underlighting glow, almost Tron-esque, but I can't... Uh, I don't know. So if if you can read my mind and figure out what this jersey reminds me of, please let me know. I'd love to hear 
I'd love to know what's in my own head locked away somewhere. So, you know, go on our Facebook page at Hit the Deck or, uh, or you know, tweet at us or something at Hit the Deck Pod. And uh, tell me what, what's, what's been locked away from my own brain that I'm forgetting. And the other thing I just wanted to mention is there was one jersey that I thought was a real miss from the alternate jerseys and that's the winnipeg jets jersey which Mm. to me just looks like graffiti and that's probably what they were going for but i i don't really like it i don't care for it at all so uh you know from from a, a franchise that we've been so strongly supportive of over the last couple of years since it came back i'm a little disappointed that's all yeah, I agree with you on that too. Because um, yeah, because I, I, the funny thing is their real logo is so cool. It's the you know the the, the jet in the mm-hmm. maple leaf, and I thought they did a really good job with that. They did have an alternate jersey, which speaking of going back to histories, their original jet style, which is a traditional hockey looking uniform, and I thought that was really nice and, and red, white, and blue and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I guess they had nowhere else to go, so they figured they just write the word jets out in script. And also to the Columbus Blue Jackets, they have um, they've gone back to their two shades blue style with the uh, the cannon in the middle. So I dig that too. That's another nice jersey you can check out for the alternates. But uh, yeah, I agree with you on uh, on the Jets there. All right, thank you, Shaw. Uh, moving on. <laughs> okay, that's a heck Speaking of a transition of- by me. Moving on. No, it's perfect because it's portable NHL. So if you're on the move and you want to watch the game, how are you going to do it? Legally? Very much so, as a matter of fact, because right. Disney's involved. Yes, if, if you even if you even hint in, <laughs> in Disney's direction that you are infringing on one of their copyrights or trademarks, then you will find yourself very sued very quickly. Yeah, and if you haven't noticed, but Disney does own the world, so <laughs> it doesn't stop at uh, superheroes and mice and, and princesses. It's <laughs> It goes to the NHL now as well. I think uh, there may be a handful of companies that Disney does not yet own. You could literally count them on your hand. But uh, there's so few and far between. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so uh, in an article in sportstechie.com written by Joe Lemire, I believe you uh, pronounce his name, he goes into this and it's about Disney enhancing their coverage of the NHL with their NHL.TV app and ESPN+. Plus. So they've done a really great job with that. I'm sure most of the listeners out there have the app. I know I do have the NHL app, and it's really spectacular and interactive and, and interesting and uh, modern and up-to-date. Uh, it's really well done. So now they've taken it to another level where you could actually watch video off of it, and they've even increased the uh, regional sports network's uh, pre- and post-game broadcasts. And there's a feature called No Spoilers for setting notifications, so if you didn't see the game, it won't give you updates of what happened so you could watch the game and see what happens. And they have uh, a new, uh, they have a, a special app for Apple watch and everything. And I'm sure the fact that Steve jobs family being one of the largest stockholders of Disney has nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh boy. Good catch American. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, and they revamped the app as well. The traditional app too, not just for the Apple Watch, but for your cell phone and laptop, whatever else you got, uh, tablet. So uh, they've even incorporated venue information, which used to only be given through separate arena apps. Now it's all in one, the NHL.TV or uh, the NHL app. And uh, there's video on it, as we said before. And this is available. uh, You could buy the app if, if you don't have it already from Amazon Fire TV for tablets, Apple Watch, TiVo's, iOS, Roku, Xbox, PlayStation, and Google's Chromecast as well. Gorsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, Goofy. <laughs> and, uh, and, and speaking of Disney buying things, the uh, NHL and BAMTech originally had the uh, NHL.TV rights in 2015 to create it. And then guess what? Disney bought BAMTech in 2017. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so now they incorporated the ESPN Plus into their uh, new app. Oh, boy, I'm going to rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's true. So, uh, so yeah, there are about 100 NHL games that you could get through the service. I'm not sure about blackout restrictions and things. Like, for example, we being in New York, if we won't be able to see the Rangers and Islanders and Devils. 
but uh, we could be able to probably see the uh, Penguins or Avalanche or Flames or whoever else, the Kings, whoever else we want to see out of market. But uh, they, there are 180 games out there, so I don't know what the uh, the stipulation is for that. Blackouts are evil. I'm sure Donald would have quite a few things to say about that. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Chip and Dale are behind the blackouts. Yeah, that I believe. <laughs> By the way, I just want to take a quick poll here, and you can feel free to answer on our Facebook page. Or, uh, yeah, you know what? Answer on our Facebook page. And so the, the poll is going to be this. When you hear Chip and Dale, what do you think of? Do you think of, A, the old Chip and Dale cartoons where they would terrorize Donald, or B, the Rescue Rangers? From the Disney afternoon. This is something that my wife and I go back and forth on. Well, not frequently. It's not like we are locked in mortal eternal combat over Chip and Dale. But every time they come up, this is something that we go back and forth on. She she grew up with the old cartoons and, and I did, too, to an extent. But I am much more familiar with the Rescue Rangers, having grown up in the era of the Disney afternoon. So, uh, you know. James, I want your opinion, and you, listener, I want you to weigh in on our Facebook page about this. Chip and Dale, Old Donald cartoons or Rescue Rangers? What's the first thing you think of? I'll be honest. I'm, I'm with your wife on this one. I, I think of the Old Donald cartoons. Uh, I've always been... Yeah. Just first off, I have to admit, I've always been a Warner Brothers guy. You know, Donald, excuse me, Daffy Duck and Bugs Bunny. I loved those cartoons, and sure. Mel Blanc was a genius. But I, I, I always loved the old you know, 40s cartoons just from the artwork and uh, the, the care and love that went into them. And Disney was at the fore of that, too, especially with the movies and stuff like that. So for me, I always grew up watching the, the older cartoons and appreciating those great artists that, uh, and, and work that went into that. And, yeah, for some reason, I don't know, I guess because I hated Chip and Dale so much from what they did to Donald <laughs> that I didn't get into the Rescue Rangers. So. All right. That's, that's my excuse. Speaking of Mel Blanc, did you know, James, did you know, bringing it kind of all back, did you know that Mel Blanc to this day has a lasting legacy in Walt Disney World? No. Yes. Mel Blanc is the voice of Uncle Orville in the Carousel of Progress which is currently housed in Walt Disney World in the Magic Kingdom in Tomorrowland, but debuted in our very own Flushing Meadow Park at the 1964 World's Fair. Wow, that's a great bit of trivia. Yep. Thank you, sir. Yeah, sure. They were, they and, were you know, they were rivals, but they were also friends, Mel Blanc and Walt Disney. So they collaborated from time to time. That's cool. Yeah, interesting stuff. But um, but yeah, getting back to the, uh, the Sports Techie article, they put their two cents in on what they think about the uh, NHL.TV and ESPN Plus with the on-the-go games that you could watch. And they think that the improved features and expanded availability will help enhance the league's popularity because they're go hearkening back to when ESPN broadcast the NHL from 92 to 2004. And then the 04-05 season with the strike there, they didn't renew. And that's how NBC picked it up and NBC Sportsnet. And then last year, for some reason, NBC Sportsnet's cable ratings dropped to the lowest that they've been. Hmm. And so Sports Techie thinks that the uh, NHL.TV and ESPN Plus will help re-energize the NHL to not only get the diehard NHL fans in there, but the casual NHL fans as well. And with the uh, ESPN Plus hitting over a million subscribers, that is a good way to do it. You know, I... <laughs> I wonder about that NBCSN viewership dropping off so prodigiously. Could it be that uh, we are not the only ones who are sick of Doc Emmerich and Pierre Maguire? I'd say obviously not. <laughs> Especially <laughs> oh, too. Oh, we're losing money hand over fist. Especially too with the uh, the Golden Knights taking the world by storm as well. So yeah, that was pretty crazy. Yeah, hope to see more of that kind of exciting hockey this season. Yes, yeah, sir. I mean, the first few games of this early season, uh, the, the, the uh, Capitals are, are taking no prisoners. So they, they picked up where they left off. And um, Toronto has gotten off to a good start, too, much to the chagrin of uh, Islander fans and Tavares fans. But I guess now that he's over in Toronto, then whatever. But uh, the Islanders are off to a good start as well. And, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the rest of the league. But so yeah. far, so good. The Caps may wind up 
getting their names on the cup for another year in a row. And uh, unfortunately, those names will not be on the cup forever because they uh, no longer do that. But, you know, they will be on there for for, uh, a time. And James, what happens to those names when the cup runs out of room? Yeah, this is pretty interesting, is that every 12 years, or 13 years, I should say, the uh, Stanley Cup has to remove a ring because it gets filled up to put the new ring on for the modern teams to have their names engraved into the hallowed cup. So what happens is they take that top ring and put it in the Hall of Fame where it belongs in a special vault on display, and there it lives forever. But uh, on the cup itself, yeah, it's only there for, uh, you know, X amount of years. Is it true that the 94 Rangers are the last team to be permanently engraved on the cup? That's a good question. I'm not sure if they were, were there. I don't know. I remember um, hearing that at some point in my life, but I have never taken the time to verify its uh, veracity, I guess. Yeah, well, just going by memory, I, I think that the different tiers of the cup, because you remove the bottom one and then you move the other ones up, but is it all uniform? Yeah. So I'm, for for the one, two... Yeah, I mean, the, the bottom the, tiers are all uniform. Obviously, yeah. it gets tiered as it, it goes up and gets right, much right. smaller, but... Yeah, I don't know. I think that as they, they, they move up, eventually every ring will go into the Hall of Fame. So I don't know about that uh, 94 statistic. But if I wish we were friends with the guys that get to hold the cup every year with the white gloves and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're not good enough to, to run in those circles, James. Yeah. So, But anyway, the teams that are going from the cup to the Hall of Fame, I guess again, are an amazing array of teams. So you have the the Red Wings, the, the 54, 55 back-to-back champions, the Canadians that won the cup in 56, 57, 58, 59, and 60, and 1965. You have the Hawks that won it in 1961, and the Leafs that won it in 62, 63, and 64. Now, these teams are legendary, and the names on these teams, just to have a few, Mr. Gordy Howe, Bobby Hull, Stan Makita, Rocket Richard, Jacques Plante, Jean Bellevue, Johnny Bauer, Red Kelly, and Bobby Bond. And if that name doesn't ring a bell, that's the man that blocked a Gordie Howe slapper to have his ankle broken, only to come back later in that game and score the winning goal. That's a hockey player right there. <laughs> yes. So yeah, he was uh, he was a Maple Leaf, and and his name will live forever. Wow. All right. Yeah. And and, a really spectacular job by NHL.com to commemorate this, too, because they did an incredible tribute highlighting each team of those 12 teams of that uh, ring of the Stanley Cup and really went into detail about the exciting finals, the teams that they played against and how the whole thing unfolded. And really, it was spectacular and amazing and, and one heck of a ring that's going into the Hall of Fame to live there forever so i didn't realize that they i mean i know you explained it before but just to kind of circle back i did not realize that they went from like the bottom up i thought they just removed the bottom most ring every time it filled up yeah you know what i never really put that much thought into it myself so yeah i didn't know uh, but it makes sense because it goes chronologically from top to bottom mm-hmm. so yeah they, they'd have to eliminate the, the top one and play like musical chairs a little bit and, and move the from the bottom up I suppose. I just thought they took the full one off and put the, the you know, it, it makes, it's it's fairer this way. It is more equitable this way, but I didn't know that that's the way they did it. Yeah, Stanley, me. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's so legendary and so amazing, and it's the greatest trophy by far of anything that you could win. And I don't care what it is, if it's sports or uh, whatever, you know, well, with the exception of obviously for really majority things of, uh, you know, for the army or, you know, for Purple Hearts and stuff of that nature. But for everything else, the Stanley Cup is the trophy to own. Yeah. Or win, I should say. I'll tell you what doesn't do that. The McComiskey Cup. Yeah, that you only take stuff off if you need, like, a bowl for your popcorn or something. Ah, but (laughs) the McComiskey Cup was filled with the world-famous American Rhino popcorn. So there you go. Stanley Cups can't say that. True. Although... That is not going to Toronto. <laughs> no, it's not leaving my, my house, so you're going to have to fight me for that one. <laughs> yeah. 
I won't. I mean, you, you, you keep it. It's yours. Yeah, I mean, you put so much heart and effort into it, so thank you. It really means the world to me. De nata. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. Oh, boy. Okay, we're done. We're, we're out of here. All right. So uh, I hope... I hope you found this NHL-focused episode of Hit the Deck to be worth your while. And hopefully next week we will be back with more ball hockey-related topics. I cannot promise anything because I don't know what we're going to be talking about next week. But, um, oh, actually, you know what? Before we finish up here, before I wrap up the show, I want to put something out there to you, the listener. Something that I have been considering for a while. And I know not everybody uses Facebook. So I want to put this option out there and you tell us if you think it's a good idea. Please, this isn't something I've discussed with you, James. I'm springing it on you here on the fly. And I apologize for that. I'm just absent-minded. But I put to you, the listener, would you like it if there was a Hit the Deck subreddit? Would, would that be something that you would use if we had a subreddit which is to say a page on Reddit devoted to Hit the Deck where you could post your own topics and and Hit the Deck discussion stuff. Would you use that? Would that be of use to anybody? I don't personally use Reddit very much, but if we were to have a Hit the Deck uh, Reddit or subreddit page, then I imagine I would go there more frequently because that would only be right. So you you tell us, please, if that's something that you would like to see. So uh, we'll, we'll wait to see what you say about that. Setting that aside, we would, of course, always like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music, the LIQ for sound effects. We would thank you always, every single week, for listening to this podcast. We really genuinely appreciate you, and without you, there's no us, as I've said many times and it is as true now as it ever was so thank you deeply from the bottom of our hearts if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast we would encourage you to do so please feel free to do so at apple podcast or stitcher or podbean or any number of other places and uh, you can get us in your ears every week we're also on youtube our podcast channel is hit the deck podcast we are on there so you can get us there you can contact us if you need to or want to or you know feel any any desire to do so we are at hit the deck deck is spelled d-e-k we are hit the deck at gmail.com is our email you can get us on twitter at hit the deck pod we are hit the deck or at hit the deck i suppose on Facebook and Instagram and as I said hit the deck podcast channel on YouTube. So get us. We are we are there and we could be on Reddit as well. I will leave that up to you. So uh James, is there anything you'd care to add here? Yeah, thank you sir. Yes, uh, again, thank you for participating the listener out there for participating in our uh, NHL predictions. We appreciate it. And looking to play deck, please check out the Columbus Deck Hockey Association or Charlotte Street Hockey or the Raleigh Street Hockey League and our own LIQ. You can find them all on Facebook and do some Google searches on them. Also, please donate to LaGrange Hockey as well, because they're doing some great jobs down in Atlanta promoting the beautiful sport of hockey. And thanks for listening. Thank you, James. Now, uh, with all that being said, I would like to remind you, as always, I do here at the end of the podcast, I, I, I would like to put this to you, that whether you are clad in the very latest and newest and coolest or silliest of jerseys or whether you are playing with some damaged gear which we do not encourage whether you are watching the uh your your favorite sports and your favorite games on the go or whether you are just sitting in the hall of fame admiring the greatest teams of the bygone era regardless of what you find yourself doing i would always encourage you to remember it's deck hockey don't be that guy thanks everybody i have no idea what that was or where that came from like i just i i just you know sometimes i just go to that special place i'm special